No, but if your core beliefs are so fragile mm -hmm. that they're vulnerable to discussion, you know, then they're probably not really good core beliefs. They should be, they should be anti-fragile, your core beliefs. But this is like, this is what gets me fired up is those are the folks that are teaching our next generation. This episode is sponsored by my good friends at Bullish. Stay tuned for more information on this amazing company later in the episode. In the last few years, Miami has stolen the title of financial capital of the United States and likely the world from New York City. The battle continues, but Miami also got their very own bull at Bitcoin 2022. Well, the man behind making that happen was one of my guests today, James Putra. And the other guy I had the fortune of speaking to is Eric Weiss, the man who orange-pilled Michael Saylor himself. We talked about why Miami is becoming the crypto capital of the world, and that's likely to continue, and why everybody on this planet should own Bitcoin and secure their assets. Bull was kind of a long project in the making. It took us about eight months to really kind of formalize it, but we were, how many people know, we were founded 35 years ago down here in Miami, and we've been part of this community that's been growing like crazy over the last 35 years, and uh, we noticed that Miami has got this incredible talent pool, an incredible vibe that's happened, especially in the last five years, it's just really, really exploded. But we don't have that symbol that we can rally behind that would be like the center of crypto or fintech. And so we started figuring out what could we do to put something out there. We engaged the, the community, the universities, also Suarez's office to figure out what would make sense. What could we put there that would just serve as that kind of monument, that thing we can all rally behind that just condenses all of our efforts. And we landed on this bull project. And uh, there's a lot of ups and downs. And we, yeah. several times we thought it was gonna be killed and um, it came to fruition. And it's been just amazing to watch how much the community has adopted this thing. It's sick. It's powerful. It's like, yeah. you really captured like the spirit of Bitcoin. Yeah, it's right? perfect. It really and is it's perfect. huge. Oh yeah. Uh, is this where it's gonna live? So it's gonna live, it's here for the conference, then it's moving to Miami Dade College. Miami Dade College is the largest college in the United States. They have a trading lab, they've got a marketing lab, cool. they're building robotics, cybersecurity, and it's gonna sit right outside of their trading lab with the stock ticker. Uh, that's the near-term home. We'll see where it goes after that. Um, but it, we, it's gonna be somewhere in the center of Miami that will serve as that kind of monument point for everyone to gather around. It was really interesting to see the reaction from people here about the bull. Like, you could see that everybody kind of felt instantly like it was mm -hmm. theirs and they were taking pride in it, right? Yeah. Like, this represents us, like, yeah, like, this is our thing. Everybody's posting pictures of it. So I think, I mean, you nailed it. Like, you mm -hmm. gave 35,000 Bitcoiners or however many people are here, like, you know, something to brag about that everyone feels that they're entitled to, that they own. Mm -hmm. So, well done. Yeah, I mean, that was a key. It's, it's not about us as a company. It's like, yeah. how do we give back? and rally everybody around this to do something crazy and right, right. Awesome. you said trade station's been in miami for 35 years yeah. and you said sort of this groundswell in the last five years but i would say even two years yeah it's right? really been much uh, obviously a combination of covid a combination mm -hmm. of mayor suarez's initiative yeah. to bring fintech here but this really you guys are both native everybody else here is visiting yeah. right but this really but feels we, like it's we become both weren't originally native, yeah right? like we, we much like everybody else that's 
here for the most part, you had to choose to leave somewhere else to come here. And there's, there are an awful lot of reasons to come to Miami. Um, but it's nice, you know, now it's acceptable to be here, especially if you're in financial businesses like we are. Miami used to be perceived as, you know, a sunny place for shady people and you couldn't run a business out of, you couldn't run a financial business out of Miami. Then you started to see like David Tepper, who runs like the largest traditional hedge fund, you know, move here and move his business here. And, uh, you know, a bunch of other massive hedge fund guys, Carl Icahn and others, all moving to like Miami, and in some cases Miami Beach. Used to be Palm Beach was acceptable. Now Miami is acceptable. You had all the VC guys come from San Francisco screaming, "Everybody's got to come here." This is new tech development. The mayor jumped in, mm -hmm. politicians, and now it's just awesome. It, yeah, talking about San Francisco. Didn't Mayor Suarez literally pull up a billboard in San Francisco that said, yeah. "Like, so during COVID, come on down." Yeah. I can't remember the exact. The tweet was, "How can I help?" It How started help? as. Yeah. Uh, there was some people complaining about what was happening in California, and so he just replied, how can I help? And it spawned this crazy movement of, of interest in getting over here. Yeah. And you know, to his credit, he did a lot of great stuff to lay the foundation and make it friendly to come here. And then he, there's a variety of uh, teams around him that have been able to bring companies down. For the longest time, we were the only fintech player here. Yeah. Now it's like every one of our competitors is here, which is phenomenal. I welcome all the competition but because- they need a new program, dude. Yeah. They, they, have a, they need a new program for everybody that moves here from California or New York. When you move here, you should get a postcard letter, something in the welcome mail back. that says, remember why you moved here. Yes. Because like, um, not to be political, but I'm a little bit scared that you've got, you know, Florida's right on the line, 50-50 politically going one way or another. Sure. You get all these people from, you know, predominantly blue states coming here because their blue states are taxing them heavily, taking away their freedoms, other things. They like that Florida's not doing that. But they don't draw the separation a lot of these people in their brain that like, oh, when I go to the polls, I'm still going to vote for who I vote for. Like, no, remember why you moved here. Yeah. We like DeSantis, you know, like keep voting for these things. Let's keep this the way it is. Well, there are a lot of places that are seeing that, I think, in both directions in the United States mm -hmm. right now. It's really interesting, like this group is invading what used to be this group, so I don't get political at all, and then, yeah. but, and vice versa, yeah. but I'm a single issue maybe, but maybe, Maybe then we get like uh, actual mixing and a few, uh, you know, productive conversations out as of people. As long as they're pro Bitcoin, they, but, I'm with them. Yeah, but, let us do business. That, that's for me. I don't mind which direction you want to go, but make it friendly. You know, yeah. we got to keep it friendly for people to come down here, live, work, and play. And it's been awesome to see. It still has that party flavor, but it's not the only thing you can do here now. And Miami is one of the only places on the planet that you can live in a tropical climate and make money and run a business. Correct. It's the only tropical climate in the continental U.S. Mm -hmm. Plus great international airport, good tax situation. I, I left Miami five years ago, yeah. regrettably. Love Miami uh, for family reasons, but our joke my wife and I, we used to joke that we would everyone we would meet in, in Miami couldn't explain to us what their job was within the first five minutes. Yeah, they're all advisors. <laughs> Everybody was on permanent, thing. right. It was like, what do you do? Well, you're using your dad's money to party. Okay, I got it, I got it. Just tell me, right? Family business, uh, you know, but it's completely the opposite now. Now everybody's pitching you something or is exactly, taxes are a big reason, right? So it's just a why. Also, the other big catalyst for Miami was Art Basel. 
Art mm-hmm. Basel brought tremendous amount of culture to Miami. You know, yep. with the arts comes the restaurants, performing arts, visual arts, etc. Plus, you got every sports team. So now we really do have like quite a lot to offer, even people who are mm-hmm. cultural snobs and social. Events. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to watch. I, I go to a lot of the different events in the community, and it, for a long time, there's a lot of people that needed stuff, and not enough people that had the ability to provide resources and things. And now. I mean, I think there's probably never enough people to, to provide resources, but we really have a strong population of folks that have meaningful value that they can contribute, nurture, and help some of the folks that are trying to come up in the community. Super credible people too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Barry Sternlich moved Starwood down yeah. here. And like, yeah. Whoa. I mean, these are big businesses, big corporations that are like really coming, in, you know, South Florida, Miami in particular. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about the future here. It's yeah. been good for our real estate prices. Sure. Oh yeah. It's it's so is inflation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a very interesting world here because it when you're here you realize you think crypto like crypto is the main thing it's everywhere everywhere you go there's bitcoin there's crypto it's really this kind of tech focused area and when you leave it's not as widespread so you we have this kind of very cool bubble that's happening in here it's just everyone's feeding off that energy and trying to add more uh yeah. like bring it bring it up bigger for everyone Once else you get off- crypto Twitter, mm-hmm. what you find, I think in my experience, I'm sure you guys experience the same, is just the people that are attracted to crypto are generally just such positive people. Mm-hmm. Like it's, a, it's really amazing to me. It requires a little bit of an open mind to adopt something new. Everything about crypto is kind of freedom-based. And you, there can be internal debate within crypto folks about this offers more freedom, I like this more, you're not going for enough freedom. But the very fact that you're, it's attracting people who are like freedom-based, mm-hmm. just creates an awesome culture. Everybody knows that there are advantages to trading on both centralized and decentralized exchanges. But why not choose an exchange like Bullish that offers the best of both worlds? Bullish's total trading volume recently exceeded $25 billion in just seven months since they launched. And they have the best liquidity in the game when it comes to Bitcoin USD. Now, Bullish has released the first major upgrade to its liquidity pool technology with the introduction of a concentrated range-bound liquidity pool for the Bitcoin USD trading pair. This upgrade triples the order book depth within a range of 2%, making it one of the world's deepest Bitcoin USD trading pairs. This industry-leading order depth means you can trade confidently at scale with clearly understood price impact. You should check them out immediately at bullish.com slash Melker. None of us were born Bitcoiners, right? It'll be yeah. different. It'll be different yes. in the next generation, but you literally had to come to it through either somebody orange pilling you or some research that you did. I don't, I don't talk generally politics and religion, but I used to joke that like almost nobody, probably not true anymore, is born an atheist. They eventually, they're born into some religion and then they do their research and that's what they decide is right for them, Absolutely. right? And so literally, and I've never thought about this with Bitcoin until li- right now, but you you have to come to it through some intellectual decision or through going down some rabbit hole. Yeah. It was not presented to you when you were born yet. Correct, and I think you know we all have really intelligent friends who are not into Bitcoin or not into crypto yet. And you kind of think, why is that the case? And so recently I've been thinking that it's not a matter of affluence or exposure or anything else that gets someone into crypto. It's a matter of time. Like, I have plenty of super successful friends with really busy businesses. Our friend Steve is a perfect example, yeah. right? Someone who's head down, cranking on their business, wherever their job is, it requires time to delve into Bitcoin, crypto, and understand why this is important, why you need mm-hmm. this. There's no first glance, oh, I get it, yeah, I'm, 
And I think that there's, as people get more and more free time to explore mm. it, we're going to see adoption. And the yeah. people who do do it right away, yeah. and I'm glad they do, but it's because they think they're going to get rich really fast. It's lettuce hands. Yeah. yeah. They, they haven't done the research. They don't have the conviction. Somebody they said, buy this, it's going to go up. Get rich, and it, and, it, and it goes down, and they're like, what am I doing in this? And instead of buying more because they have conviction, because they've done the research, they have it, and they're like, all right, I took a flyer, I'm out of this. Right, and we're pon- yeah, we're like pontificating. Like, we're talking about this in theory. You probably see the data. Yeah. Because obviously you had crypto at trade <laughs> station, so you can actually see this in real time. Are we right? Oh, absolutely, 100%. <laughs> now, you get a blend of people that want to get rich quick. We're seeing that still, but I think we're seeing much more meaningful participation recently in the last two years. Yeah. That uh, the conversations are much less about, uh, I'm going to get rich off of this meme coin, as they are, hey, I, I know why I want this, this asset. And yeah. even on our service, we still see it's better than half the volume is in Bitcoin. And that's accumulation. That's yeah. It's just people that are bringing it into their portfolio and holding onto it. It's not a lot of churning on those assets. I think that trend's going to continue. I think the geopolitical events, mm-hmm. you know, there, there are a number of people, certainly in my conversations with prospective investors, if you lived in the U.S. or any first world country, you're like, I don't need this shit. Like, you know, nobody's seizing my money. Like. This is not an issue. Even inflation aside, Mm -hmm. right? People just weren't concerned. But now you look at what's happening geopolitically, like Canadian trucker situation, right? Mm -hmm. That to me is the like the the biggest catalyst there could be that was not. Yeah. Fifty first state started, you know, freezing, shutting down the donations. but also blocking their Bitcoin transactions Absolutely. if you right. Yeah. Right. And so right, which leads to right. self custody. But right. more generally speaking, it's like, okay, there were a lot of people who woke up and said, Maybe this isn't so far from home. And then you look at, so you know, true. Russia, Ukraine, and it's like everybody involved has a mm-hmm. use case for it. Whether it's the Russians who've been cut off from banking systems or people who've outsourced some of their tech resources to Russia and have no way to pay mm-hmm. these people now other than sending them Bitcoin whether it's the Russians trying to evade sanctions using crypto, the Ukrainians trying to flee and like take their yep. wealth with them with crypto, the oligarchs whose assets are being seized without any due process, you know, who are trying to find like some safe haven. So, you know, people say, oh, nefarious, whatever, but it's like roads. Like if something has utility, it's gonna offer utility for everyone, good and bad actors. And I think all this does is show the utility in particular of Bitcoin. I had an interesting conversation with a professor at the college and he, wanted me to come in and speak on the ethics of teaching students these alternative assets and should we not do it because they're risky assets. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is, I'd actually argue the other side, 100%. that you're not teaching them the financial literacy that they need to participate in the, in the today's market and absolutely where we're going. As a college professor? Yeah. Yeah, I think like, I mean, obviously this is like a whole big thing where our society, everybody has this kind of virtue signaling mm-hmm. like, we need to protect the people from themselves. These are college students. That's what you're there for, to be exposed to this stuff. Yeah, like that's you're not, not what college is anymore. You're, yeah, you're not. You're not college is a for-profit business where the customer is always right now, which was not the case when we were younger. Yes. That's a, that's a, it's really yeah. a big change. That's the, that's the reason mm-hmm. that now everything has to be a safe space. Which is insane. Yeah, right. It's going to change. I mean, we're the supposed to challenge people. Right? Bitcoin challenges you. Right, but, but you're supposed to challenge people's core beliefs because most of the things that you're taught when you're young are, are wrong. Mm. Just information evolves. Information evolves. Like, or it's wrong, it's wrong or it's irrelevant. Yeah. 
Things right, mm -hmm. it's, it's from an old world, especially now. But it's really, I mean, it's crazy to talk about. I didn't, in no way did I mean to take this in a college <laughs> professor type no, direction. But if but, your core beliefs are so fragile mm -hmm. that they're vulnerable to discussion, you know, then they're probably not really good core beliefs. They should be, uh, be anti-fragile, your core beliefs. But this is like, this is what gets me fired up is those are the folks that are teaching our next generation and it's so important to get to those people that can yeah. shape the next generation i mean i can only impact so many people but if i can help five or ten teachers they're going to see hundreds of students over their lifetime and if they can get a little piece of this financial this literacy will get seen by more people than a college professor will teach in an entire it's true that's it's, it's absolutely true mm. yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's really sailor, important sailor and i talk about this sometimes right because he, he does do a lot of video stuff and mm. podcasts but the rationale behind it is exactly that. If you were a college professor and you taught 100 students a semester and you taught, you know, for 10 years, okay, like, what, you're gonna touch 1,000, 2,000 people in a career? You do a video and it gets seen by 100,000 people, a million people in a day? If you're him. Yeah, your stuff too. Yeah. It's like you're impacting way more people than a college professor will impact in mm -hmm. an entire career. This is true, and it's relevant now. Yes. It takes a long time for information to get into the curriculum of the university, and this space moves so fast. Yeah. I mean, six months is fundamentally different all the time. Yeah, you have to wonder, yeah. which makes me wonder if our kids will even go to college. I, I think it's going to be probably or what it will yes, be when they it'll do. be very different. Yeah, I mean, Sailor Academy has free education. You can get, I think, you can get an accredited degree yeah. online completely for free. So. Why pay a school money other than the pedigree and the social aspect? Mm -hmm. You just want the knowledge. You can get the knowledge. Yeah. I mean, that's all we're, we're at a convention with 35,000 people right now, yeah. all thirsty for knowledge. And some of the smartest people in the space. It's, it's incredible. Awesome. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. So where can people find you guys after this? Uh, probably on Twitter's best. Uh, Eric underscore B-I-G-F-U-N-D. James Putra, uh, you can find me on Twitter, James R. Putra. You can also check us out at TraceStationCrypto.com. A lot of good stuff happening. Uh, I should mention that we actually sponsored the Miami-Dade College Student-Led Investment Fund. Oh, nice. So we, uh, when we went there, they had uh, only a long equity fund. And so they, they could only allow the students to buy and hold stocks. stocks. Yeah. I'm like, wait, this is terrible. Like, that's <laughs> an old model. So we said, let's come in and offer some of our help. We put our money where our mouth is and donated. It's fifty thousand dollars to seed the fund and we let them trade spot crypto crypto stocks wow. crypto derivatives so not only can they go long on spot they can start experimenting with different strategies that's, and that's awesome. awesome absolutely awesome well, well, done, well both you. you guys are doing your part for sure to, to orange pill the world so thank you guys trying to right. awesome well, i'm glad but this, this is one of those ones where we i was just like let's do it and we all sit down and have a talk and it ends up being the best conversation so thank you guys absolutely thank you Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't already left a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do that now. Spotify just added rating, so please go ahead and click that five star. I'll see you guys next time.